1: Hello, and welcome to It's a Fandom Thing and our continuing deep dives into the characters of Queer as Folk. For this episode, we are going to be talking about Justin Sunshine Taylor, who was a student when he first appeared because he was just 17 years old. He's been a busboy at Liberty Diner, a go go dancer, a comic book illustrator because he was the co creator of Rage, and he is an artist. So, I love this character a lot, a lot. I'm very excited to talk about Justin. This is a character that I admire probably the most of all of these characters and has been through the most. And he was played by, of course, the amazing Randy Harrison, which some trivia about Randy Harrison and also Gail Harold. The creators recently stated in an article that was done to talk about, you know, because there's new queerest folk out. And so they were talking to all the creators of all the different queerest folk iterations. And they said, both Randy Harrison and Gail Harold. this was the first time they had ever been on screen ever. So just remember that because of how fantastic they both are. (laughs) So it's pretty, pretty darn remarkable. I mean, just natural talent right there. I mean, I'm not saying they haven't had training or anything. I'm just saying that's pretty darn incredible. Okay, um, and I also really quickly before I have my panelists introduce themselves and tell me something they're into, I want to give just a shout out to somebody, and I really, really apologize if I am not pronouncing your first name correct because I am so bad at names, I'm horrible. But um, Janiel, who has been like sharing our podcast, responding to all our recent Queer Folk episodes, just followed us on all our social media or most of our social media just a shout out to you for sharing our podcast and Liberty Diner Dish on your Instagram page and Facebook because that stuff helps so if you like the show or if you like Liberty Diner Dish please please let people know because i think sometimes it's easier for people to complain than it is for people to heap praise and with all the work it that goes into Uh, making these shows, it's, it really, really, really means a lot. So I know that there are other people that have private messaged me. I had one person do that and says it was a private message. I'm not going to say their name, but about um, my feelings on season three, Ted and Emmett storyline, the Ted storyline. And I really appreciated that message that made me feel really good and seen. So thank you so much. So once again, if you want to show love, share the episodes let your people let let your people <laughs> let people that follow you know that you love the show rate and review on iTunes and Spotify you can do that on Spotify too if you didn't know that so that is how you get the word out on independent podcasts you know we're in a sea of podcasts that have tons and tons of money at their disposal so please help us out so thank you again i really really appreciate that and i apologize if i butchered your name i really oh, apologize nice so bad at that, but thank you so much again. And I really hope you enjoy this episode and our next one. Cause I know that you're looking forward to our next one the most. And I will announce on our next one who won favorite character. Cause we had a poll on Twitter and a poll on Instagram in our stories. Okay, so I'm gonna go around and have my two panelists. We were hoping Ken would be on, but unfortunately he couldn't make it. Aaron A is having internet issues, so it's just gonna be my Ted and Emmett crew back, Danelle and Eshel is- from Liberty Diner Dish. So Danelle, what are you into right now in pop culture?
2: Yay, hey, I'm glad to be here. I'm excited to be back. So what am I into these days? Um, I've been doing a rewatch of Big Bang Theory. I know it's old school, but it's just been kind of fun to go back and, and watch that because um, I had just recently watched Young Sheldon. So it was kind of fun to go back <laughs> and see, you know, the progression of the characters and stuff like that. So I've been having some fun with that. I've also started reading the new Outlander book. It came out a little while ago, but um, the latest book in that, uh, Go Till the Bees, I'm Gone. So I'm enjoying that, too. I love a good, a good historical kind of romance, so I'm,
1: I'm enjoying that a lot. That's what I'm into these days. Awesome. Thank you. And Eshell, what are you into right now?
0: So I am doing something that I never do. I actually watched a show.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh huh. The last week.
0: And this is why I don't do it. Because I said, I'm going to watch a movie for an hour. So I put on what I thought was the movie. I'm going to get to what it is. I put on what I thought was the movie. But it was actually a TV show. And sure enough, three episodes later, I'm like, "You can't do this." <laughs> but I started watching AJ and the Queen on Netflix, and it is so cute. It's with uh, RuPaul, and I'm—I don't know the name of the other um, of the little co-star in that, but um, it was really cute, and I'm really enjoying that. And I said I wasn't going to talk too much, but I do want to piggyback on what you said earlier, Erin. It's so tricky when you're a podcast host to talk about some of that stuff, some of that behind-the-scenes stuff, but everything that you said. I echo that <laughs> it really helps. And that's a huge way to support podcasters when you retweet, when you like, when you you know share their stuff on your social media pages, that means a lot to us. So I do want to echo what you said there.
1: Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, it does. It does. Because, you know, uh, you know, I mean, because if you can help financially, you know, you can become a Patreon supporter. That's another way to really help. Or, you know, we have a buy, a, buy, buy me a coffee account too, or merchandise. But if you can't do that, and even if you can do that, the words, you know, in some respects, I mean, they both mean a lot in different ways. I don't want to put one down over the other. But when you hear feedback like that, it means that you're – because it can feel like you're shouting into the void. And so when you get feedback like that and hear back from people that they're enjoying the product, that you're working really hard for basically nothing (laughs) to do, uh, makes you feel really good about it. So. Yeah, it makes you want to keep going because there can be times where you want to quit. So, so thank you again. Uh, well, what I'm into is there is a, a series, and I, it was created I think like a year or two ago, but it's on Apple TV, and I just started kind of getting into Apple TV. Apple TV is actually a really great streaming platform. I just wish it wasn't so hard to stream everywhere because it is Apple. Um, but there's a documentary series called Visible out on out on television. And it's all about the history of LGBTQIA plus representation in media and how important media is and why it is important to have good representation and what a difference it makes. And there are quite a few of the stars of Queer as Folk that do make appearances on here. And I cried quite a bit. The first time I cried was when uh, Wilson Cruz was talking about the impact of Ricky Vasquez on my so-called life. And how important it was to him, his agent had told him not to tell the world that he was gay. And he said, no, I'm going to do this because if there are teenagers watching this and feeling alone and they can know that I am just, that I can relate to them and I can relate to this character and I'm not just playing a character. I am this character and how important that was. And it was, it was pretty amazing and pretty beautiful. So I recommend that on Apple TV. OK, so let's get into Justin Sunshine Taylor. So you can't laugh too much about my nickname, about the nickname for him, because everybody likes to call him that later on. Of course, Debbie's the one who comes up with that. And then later on, you find out that everybody kind of loves that name, like Brian. Uh, so we're going to do this like we did the other ones, but we're going to do it. not. We're not going to go by bit by bit, by point by point. We're kind of just going to combine everything By season. So, talk about what the big things were per season and go through that. So, for season one, uh, we meet Justin Taylor when he is first venturing out to Liberty Avenue, the first time out there, and he meets one Brian Kinney. And then, of course, later on, he comes out to his family. Um, And there are different reactions there, different reactions to Brian as well to his relationship with Brian, and different reactions at school. He's navigating that. And then, of course, the season finale is the prom episode where Brian shows up, dances with him to a beautiful romantic dance on the dance floor, and then it ends with Justin's bashing. So I want to talk about overall, what are your impressions of Justin in season one, Danelle?
2: So yeah, season one, Justin, um, when we meet him, of course, he's so young, and he's exploring who he is, and he's hitting up Liberty Avenue and checking out the bars and checking out the guys. And it's kind of cute to see him just, you know, exploring who he is, this young kid figuring it out. And of course, him and Brian have their meet cute. And um, we go from there. And I know that there's some issues there you know it's still kind of one of those things because Brian's so much older and it is kind of a a weird thing and I'm sure we'll get into that but you know the the painful thing is watching his his family you know and, and what he goes through with his parents in that first season and it's really really sad to see what he goes through and his father's reaction and the whole fight um, with Brian and the the car <laughs> ramming and all of that that goes down. But of course his, his mother, um, bless her, she tries, you know, she really just wants, she loves her son and she just wants to, to be there for him. And so I see her desperation and trying to reach out to him and, you know, Debbie, Debbie trying to help her is, is just adorable <laughs> in Debbie's own way. But, Watching Justin kind of go through that and come into his own and his friendship with Daphne, you know, and just kind of growing up and, and exploring who he is is, I think, a common story for a lot of young gay men in, in, the, in the community. And so I think a lot of them can relate to that and what they went through, you know, when they came out. And so watching him and Brian's relationship develop and, of course, getting to the end of season one is just so... Uh, I'm sure we'll get into that even more but it's so heartbreaking um, the prom scene is so beautiful and then the ending <laughs> is so horrific so yeah that's very it's traumatizing to watch that scene it really is
1: yeah and Isha I
0: love everything about Justin from the first time that he comes on the screen and that's actually what I told this story on our podcast before but I'm gonna tell it again <laughs> um but that's how I discovered the show. A friend of mine was showing it to me and I only saw like the first two or three episodes. And then it had been like a couple years until I saw the rest of it. But anyway, what I cared about was Justin getting his man. <laughs> that is what, I don't know why, but that's what stuck with me. But so we meet him and he's this young kid. And what we find out from some of the things that Jennifer is saying is that he has been struggling with him within himself for a while. now like she talks about how she's noticed this change in him and how He's kind of going all inward. He's been a little bit more moody and a little bit more testy lately. And what we know that Jennifer doesn't know is that it's because he's starting to want to explore these things that are inside of him, these feelings that are inside of him, these feelings that he has toward men and that attraction that he has toward men. And so that's why we see him there on the avenue that first night. And I love that they went bold with this character, that they chose to make him very brave because he's going out there by himself. Nobody knows where he, where he is really. And he's going out there and he's like, I have to do this. I have to do this tonight. If this is who I think I am, I've got to put some feet to this plan. Basically, I've got to put some action to it. And so he goes out there and you can see that he's nervous, but he's determined. And that is something that I also love about him. There's a determination to him. And he goes out there and he meets Brian kind of strikes gold that first night. <laughs> and, and I love the sweetness to him too, that he does think that he is madly in love after that first night and that he sees this man. He has no clue what Brian's reputation is on the Avenue. He knows this is an attractive man. And then as that night goes on and they spend more time t- with each other, he just starts to see all this other stuff. Where's like, this is an out man and he's proud and he doesn't apologize for it. He doesn't explain it either. It's just who he is. And so he is immediately wrapped up into all of that, just that whole lifestyle. um, Brian's lifestyle, not being gay, <laughs> Brian's lifestyle. Mm-hmm. And he's so wrapped up in that. And then it's just like, this is something that I could be. This is something that I could have. And so I love that from the start, that's kind of where he is. And I know that some people have an issue with the age thing. And maybe I should, and maybe I should feel bad that I don't. But I think for me, in a lot of ways, this is Ken's story. He has, there's a bit of an age gap with him and his partner. And Ken was a, he was um, around Justin's age, maybe maybe 18, I think, when he met his partner. And so, yeah, with that, we've talked through there's some age dynamic things that, you know, you kind of have to watch out for with that. But maybe that's why I don't have the same reaction to it that other people have, because I've seen it in real life and I've seen it work in real life. But maybe I should be more, more concerned. Um, but anyway, as the season goes on and we see how, This starts to affect his family and how he's willing to at some point kind of put himself at least on pause, if not back in the closet. He's willing to put that away to keep his family unit together. And so he people say that and not people, but I've heard comments here and there where people are like, well, he's just selfish. He's wrapped up in himself. He doesn't care about the people around him. But that's not true. He was willing to say, fine. I'll, I'll march to the beat of dad's drum. I'll do what he tells me to do if it's going to pr- protect my family and keep my family together because I don't want to lose that. So he he is aware, maybe not all the time, but when he sits and thinks about it, he is aware of the the thing, the thing, fallout from his choices and his actions. And so I really like that about him, about that character as well. And I love what we see with his mom and how she initially is like, can you just like not do that? <laughs> you know, or maybe this is a phase. And I think that she she's probably known it is a little bit of what we get from her, definitely from her conversations with Debbie. She's kind of known that this was coming. But I think maybe she was hoping, let's at least wait till college when your father won't know or something like that. So initially, people talk a lot about how she, he was a brat to her in the beginning. And to some extent, he was because he's a teenager. But I also think that she was trying to force him to in, like to, to hide this. And he's like, no, I've been doing that. I'm not doing that anymore. So, I actually think that's a very natural kind of tension that they had between the two of them. But then ultimately, he's like, This is who I am. So, I'm going to do this. Is who I'm going to be. And then, of course, like we, like Danelle has mentioned and I referred to earlier, he does meet meet Brian. And I actually love that he continues to chase after him. I know some people are like, Dude, get over it. Go <laughs> move on. That's annoying. That's stalking. But I think that he sees something in Brian immediately. And he's like, If I don't make him, Realize that he might want something like this, <laughs> you know. Even if he doesn't want to admit it, or even if he's not sure about it, if I don't keep doing that, then then he'll walk away from this, and I don't want him to. So a part of it is selfish, but I think another part of it is like, no, I think this will be good for you, so I'm gonna keep pestering you until you agree with me. <laughs> and yeah, so just seeing him continue to go after that relationship, but trying but trying to juggle everything else in his life as well. And then ultimately I'll fast forward a lot cause I'll talk for 45 more minutes, but to fast forward a lot, I love the, the prom and I love that he was so brave to even ask Brian to come. <laughs> and, uh, and he doesn't know that Brian's going to come, but ultimately he does come and there is so much joy and love and happiness between the two of them there. And I love everything about um, the prom and how just romantic that was for them. and, how important that was for people to see that on TV, to see this guy get to bring this man that he's in love with to, to his prom. And I think that was very important for a lot of, um, for a lot of queer youth to see that represented on TV. But then of course it ends with Chris Hobbs proving that he is an awful human being and we get the bashing. And of course that's tied to the Matthew Shepard story It's kind of a, it's kind of where that is coming from. And I think that's the other reality of sometimes what it can mean to be an out gay person. It can be this beautiful thing and it should be this beautiful thing, but unfortunately there's this other part of it too, where in some, in some ways you put a target on your back with that. So, um, even though that is the horrible side of it that we don't like to talk about, the show is always going to tell the truth. And that is a true story that was out there. So. I hate that for that character. I don't even like watching that last part of that episode, but from what comes after it, um, I love how they kind of rebuild and they make, they do a realistic rebuild. I feel like um, of not only Justin, but of Brian too in that relationship.
1: Yeah. I, I love this character. I think this is the bravest character on the show. That is that could be Justin's middle name, brave. I mean, seriously, I know that sounds corny or whatever, but it, but it's true. He's so brave. And he's brave from day one. And while um, I, I know like if Carla was here, Carla's big problem with Justin in the first season was how Justin didn't listen to Brian and was very much like, no, I'm going to be persistent. And I do understand. I see both sides. I, I do understand that You really should respect someone's boundaries if they are telling you no. You should respect that and leave them alone. Um, The other side of it is, and this is where that age difference comes into play, he's 17. I'm not saying that's an excuse to be a stalker or anything like that. I'm just saying that I think a lot of where Justin is coming from in season one is he's 17. He's a teenager. And he's just starting to experience life and starting to experience life as a um member of the community as a gay man or he's not really a man yet either so he's kind of on this precipice and he's just discovering all these things so while I do think he should have respected Brian I I get where he was coming from and I think he was just kind of learning and navigating things not to completely and totally excuse him and let him off the hook it's just I think What people sometimes forget with Justin is how young he is. And the reason you forget that with Justin is Justin doesn't act like a 17-year-old kid all the time. He's very mature for his age, which sometimes I hate that saying, but it's true with him. And I think that's the only reason that with Brian that relationship works because Brian is not a 30-year-old man he just isn't, his brain is not there. He is much younger than that. He's stuck in being a high school kid, being in his early twenties. And yes, there is problematic elements to an age difference like that. I do not want to just gloss over that because there are a lot of problems with that. I could not imagine at 17, well, I could at 17 because I would have had a crush on them, but I can't imagine now my age now, Or when I was 30, wanting to date someone in high school, never, ever, ever, not even someone who was like, maybe even 20. (laughs) Um, So I don't want to gloss over that, even though I ship them, and this is my number one ship of all time. I want to make sure to acknowledge that, that there are problems galore with that age difference. It's not, I I understand people have positive experiences. I'm just saying, I know that there there is a uh, power dynamic there. That is very, very much something that has to be acknowledged. And I know Randy Harrison has said personally he has problems with this relationship. And that's why he doesn't think they would ever get together later because he thinks Justin would, as I said before, grow beyond this. But this happens. This does happen. There are relationships with older men and younger people um, that happen a lot. But I think the reason I I love this relationship (laughs) is not just because they're extremely hot together. It's because, I I don't know, Justin understands Brian in a way that other people don't. And I think that's pretty much from the get-go, which may seem weird because of that age difference. But he, like, gets him. He gets – and I think that's a big reason Michael is so jealous of Justin because Justin – knows how to get him in a way that Michael has been trying to get him for, since they've known each other. I mean, there's a whole scene early on where um, Justin is like, okay, I know how I'm going to get his attention. I'm going to steal men away from Brian. And so there's a whole scene at Babylon. where on the dance floor and Michael's watching this whole thing, seething with rage. Um, <laughs> and Justin takes these two men away from Brian and Brian instead of you know he's got that jealousy but he's also like oh really well then now i want this guy so he knows how to play that up he knows how to get brian from the beginning he just does uh he names gus which once again not i mean (laughs) maybe not maybe you shouldn't be letting a 17 year old kid name your child that you just met but hey (laughs) (laughs) um and but he's also you know Watching Justin navigate season one and navigate coming out to his parents and the scene where his mom, where Jennifer says in uh, says in the car and says, do you have a boyfriend? And just asks him. And the fear that Justin feels in that moment. Because I do want to say, I love that Jennifer does that. Because I think too often you hear from parents after their kids come out, I always knew, I always knew. And so your, your kid is struggling with how to come out to you and if it's going to be okay. And if you always knew and you were always okay with it, I think there's kind of a responsibility there to kind of, to make sure that your child knows that you're a safe place so that they're not struggling with this for so long. So I love that she did that, but you can see that real fear there, which is very understandable because he's not sure if she's asking this. In a way that's okay or if this is going to lead to something later like with his awful, disgusting dad or anything like that. So I I love that scene. I think it's a very interesting scene. And I love watching Jennifer and Justin's relationship throughout the series because, yes, he can be a bratty teenager to her because he's a teenager. but And he's dealing with coming out and with the reaction everywhere and with the reaction at school especially um, and having to deal with being called horrible names and pushed into a locker and all the stuff that a lot of kids have to deal with. And then, of course, there's Chris Hobbs, who is, you know, an awful, horrible, horrible human being who is so closeted and so much internalized homophobia there that he ends up taking it out on Justin at the prom after the prom. And I remember when I first first seeing that episode, the prom episode, which there's a lot going on in there. You've got, you know, Brian's birthday. You've got Brian dealing with his own, um, in my opinion, suicidal ideation stuff. And then you've got Justin being so brave and asking someone to go to prom with him. That takes so much to encourage. That's incredible. And then to be turned down and then to have Brian show up and have this amazing, beautiful romantic dance where you're at the center and you know, it's like every like teen rom-com come true. And every teen rom-com happens to end at a prom usually. (laughs) And so you've got that beautiful rom-com moment and it's like, Oh, this is so perfect and wonderful. And I remember watching this thing. Oh, this is so sweet. And watching Brian watch Justin walk away and, In the rear, in the side mirror of the Jeep. And then all of a sudden that turns into terror and brutality and violence. And it was shocking, but it needed to be shocking. And not in a way I think that is um, disrespectful or glamorizing or um, shocking for for just the sake of it. I think it's shocking because it has to be because something like that still happens, things like that still happen. And it was just terrifying. And, um, you know, I'm just glad Justin survived and made it to the next season, but, but all of that, and we'll get more to, to that when we talk about Brian and Brian right after that. Uh, but yeah, and the aftermath and how this, this does come back throughout the series, which is good too. Um, But seeing this happen to a character also that is so brave and you're following their journey to coming out and then having this is just, yeah, it's terrible and horrible and heartbreaking. And it's heartbreaking that that stuff still happens. So, yeah. Hey,
0: Erin, can I add one thing? Um, Uh I told you I wore my Justin Taylor defense shirt (laughs) and you didn't say anything that needs defending, but... On the thing that you brought up earlier, and again, I do agree, even though I I shared there are positive experiences with an age gap, I do agree that there are some, yeah, things about it, some dynamics about it. But anyway, uh, to the point about Justin not listening when Brian kept saying no, there's not a lot of time that passes in those first three episodes. And because we see it over the course of three episodes, I think people feel like he is months and months of stalking him or even weeks and weeks of stalking him, but he's really not. And after that third episode, by the end of that third episode, Ryan's not really pushing him away or saying no anymore. It's just in those first two. And that's not a lot of time that is passing. So I do want to put that out there. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I love it. <laughs> yeah. I'm coming hard with the defense today. Don't you worry.
1: <laughs> and I love the character too. Wow. Okay. Okay. <laughs> that's hilarious. <laughs> okay. Well, let's move on to season two. And we'll see how much defending that Echelle will have to do. I don't think she will, but... Oh, no. Well, no, because I, I know she won't defend certain things. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so in season two, Justin, of course, is dealing with his recovery. He doesn't remember the attack. Uh, he is in the hospital when it first when the f- season first starts. Then he goes home with his mom. His mom and dad, of course, have separated... And he doesn't realize that Brian has been going to the hospital every night. Uh, He doesn't think Brian has even wanted to see him. And of course, Justin being persistent, not stalkery this, this time, I don't think of it as that at all, but goes and goes out and ventures out to find Brian. Uh, ends up moving in with Brian because of the fact that, I mean, first, you know, he doesn't know this, but first his mom is like, finds out, but it's like, leave my son alone to Brian. But then because Justin is so angry and doesn't know what to do and Debbie tells Jennifer, you know, Justin should be living with Brian and they move in together. Justin is such a romantic, which didn't mention that before, but Justin is the epitome of a romantic And he thinks this is it, me and Brian, happy, happy, happy. But Brian's not that way. And so Justin is very upset and feeling like the only reason he's there is because of the bashing. But then him and Brian come up with their own rules for their relationship. They're living together. Everything seems okay. But, of course, the romantic in Justin comes out when he meets Ethan, the violinist. And they start their own little thing. And also at this time, he's starting Rage with Michael Mikey Novotny. I had to get another Mikey in there. Uh, <laughs> they start Rage together. And at the launch of the Rage Party at Babylon that Brian helps put on, Justin decides to choose Ethan over Brian. And that's how season two ends. So, Danelle, overall, what are your thoughts on season two and Justin's journey through season two?
2: wow (laughs) there's so much going on all right um so starting I mean going back to season one you know the one thing I do love so much about Justin is that kid has moxie for days right and we've kind of talked about that he knows what he wants and he goes for it and like you guys said he sees Brian and he has that night with Brian and the whole birth of Gus and everything and he, he zeroes in like a laser and he knows that that's what he wants and he doesn't back down from it. And I don't think it's stalkerish. I think there's so many little Easter eggs as you go through in season one where you see Brian really falling for him. But Brian's too scared. You know, that's the thing. Um, I think he's just too scared of his feelings as the season goes on. So he kind of does this push and pull thing, you know, and you see that. Um, going into season uh, to the end of season one. But I think the prom scene is where he gives in. Yeah, he gives in. He he finally gives in to his feelings for Justin. And he gives himself wholeheartedly in that moment. And I think that's what's so beautiful about that prom scene. You know, when he shows up, and it is so freaking romantic, you know, and I, I remember watching it the first time, and I'm like cheering from the couch, like, oh, my God, oh, my God, you know, like, just, it was beautiful. Um, and then, of course, the bashing and going into season two, his recovery. And I love the fact that they showed the after effects, you know, his recovery. And it was a long and a hard recovery and what he went through, um, the trauma and the nightmares and the, all of the things that he went through to fight to get back and how Brian was there for him, really. And he pushed him and he encouraged him in his way. <laughs> in his way and I think that's what why I still ship them to Aaron you know like I still do because I think they know each other they 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 truly do get each other in a way that other people don't get them and I think it's mutual it's not just Justin getting Brian I think it's Brian getting Justin um in the same aspect but as he starts to become more independent as he starts to recover and he starts to go through season you know towards the middle to end of season two and him and Michael, um, Mikey Navatny figure it out. Thank you. Uh, yeah, <laughs> figure out their I had to get that in there too. Um, how they figure out their, their friendship, right? And they they bond over their love of the comic and creating rage, which is so cool. And and Justin being able to start creating art again and using his talents. And how Brian really encourages him there is just so awesome. I I love that part of their relationship, you know, how he pushes him to get back to his art and find his his purpose, you know, what he loves to do um, and his passion. And Ethan, though, oh, okay. (laughs) So much. Yeah, I loathe him so much. But there's also, like, there's this part of me that kind of liked it, at first, that storyline, just because of the fact that I think Justin, his him coming out, getting together with a, a much older partner in Brian, and him needing to explore, right, figure out who he is. And I think Ethan was a way for him to kind of be with somebody his own age, somebody who's totally different from Brian, um, totally, you know, had a different approach than Brian. And Ethan, of course, turns out to be the biggest a-hole, but like just his his journey there i think was important for justin as a person to grow you know figuring out what he truly wanted at that point after the bashing i think all bets were off i don't think he knew who he was anymore i think he needed to take some time to recover and figure out what he wanted again and it was heartbreaking though when he makes that decision you know and shoot, especially after everything brian had done for him to see him choose ethan over brian at that moment But again, I think it was really important for the growth of the character. I think it was really important for Justin to be able to spread his wings a little bit, try something different, see who he really was, and explore a different relationship. Um, I actually think it was kind of healthy for him in a weird way, even though I think, you know, I still can't stand Ethan. But (laughs) um, yeah, I mean, there's some things I
1: liked about him. I shouldn't say I completely hated him, but... Trash him all you want. I hate this character. I don't care. I don't know anyone that likes this character. So yeah. I love his talent. Not even Carla.
2: Yeah, I will give him. I will give him his talent. Right. Like I love his talent, and I love the romantic side. That you know, he really showed Justin that romantic side for a while, and I thought that that was really cute and fun for for both of them at first. But then you find out again that he's just a d bag the whole time, and yeah, he's an ass. So. And, of course, I still wanted him to go back to Brian, but, like, that's the whole thing, you know, watching that. So, yeah, and, and, of course, his relationship with his mom. And I have to say this going back to season one, and i sorry to keep going back there, but one of my favorite moments is when he keeps kind of staying at, at Brian's, and Brian keeps pushing about and all of that. But when his mom, Jennifer, shows up with, like, at Brian's office and just dumps his stuff on his desk and the sheer horror of Brian's face is just priceless. It is one of my favorite moments between those two and just that whole storyline because Jennifer's not playing. <laughs> She's just like, oh, you you slept with him. You took him home. You're gonna keep him. And guess what? Now you're responsible. Mm-hmm. And you know, just a horror on, on Brian's face was was too fun. So that's a great moment. And I think it just shows that, you know, Brian had a lot of growing up to do. But again, going back to the way Justin kept pursuing him, I think Justin saw in him the true story behind all of that, that he really was falling for him. And mm-hmm. and Justin knew it, you know, Justin got him in a way that, like you said, I think you both said it in a way that nobody else did. And that's one of the reasons why Michael was so jealous, I think, you know, so yeah, it's, there's a lot in season two, especially with um, the whole Ethan storyline. So I'm... I'm curious
1: to see what you guys will think too. <laughs> so,
0: Eshel. Okay, I promise to be brief this time. <laughs> okay. So, uh, I we're definitely dealing with post-bashing Justin, and there's a lot of PTSD going on there. That word is that term is never used, but that's definitely what's going on with him. And so he's definitely struggling through some stuff, and he part of that struggle after the denial part, he gets to this place where he is searching for something concrete in his life. A lot of things have been taken from taken from him. One of those is that kind of youthful innocence that he had that has been taken from him because of the bashing. So he's definitely searching for a lot in life and he needs that to be very concrete and he kind of needs it to look certain ways. And he's letting outside factors influence and tell him what that should look like. And a little bit of just what he's kind of always grown up around and what he's always desired. And so that, of course, creeps into his relationship and he starts wanting that to kind of look a certain way and give him a certain feeling or whatever. There's something that, and part of it is, this is just stuff that he needs to work out and he shouldn't be putting that burden on his relationship. But also that is the most important thing in his life right now is that relationship. So it's all kind of tangled up in there. Um, and i'll speak about rage first i do like that he and mikey find some kind of partnership with that because they've gotten used to each other but uh michael's a little bit more antagonistic sometimes definitely through season one but now he's kind of like okay well he's here i mean he's living in my mom's house (laughs) in my whole bedroom so he's kind of used to him being there and so i like that they do collaborate on rage and rage is very therapeutic for Justin. And it almost becomes like a diary for him. And that continues all the way through season five. It's where he's writing out a lot of his aggression, a lot of his desires, a lot of things like that. He's writing those out or drawing those out in through rage. So I love the the inclusion of rage and that he gets to partner with Michael in that because they could have had that just be Michael's thing. So I'm glad that um, Justin is a part of that also. Um, on Ethan, I will say, of course, there's no excuse for cheating. I I will put that out there. Um, but I do see why he was kind of torn in between two things on this, because it was, here's what I'm getting from this person, but here's what I'm not getting from this person. And at first he was trying to get Brian to like, do the floor picnic, do this, do this. So he was wanting it all from the one person, but he wasn't getting it there. So he started going this other direction, which again, there's no excuse for for the cheating. I mean, you're going to have all kinds of feelings and all kinds of desires and things. But yeah, so won't defend that action. But and I don't say but to justify it. But he is dealing with a lot of stuff. And here's the thing that I feel like I defend Justin the most about. So I I love Brian, but I love Brian and Justin equally. (laughs) And so the thing is, a lot of Brian fans It's like nobody can say anything bad about him. He never does anything wrong. He's so perfect. He did it. And we'll maybe talk about this on the Brian episode. But I feel like it's appropriate to bring up here too because people immediately always side with Brian. How dare Justin hurt him? How dare... Well, Brian has hurt Justin a lot too. A whole lot (laughs) by season two. He's hurt him a lot. He's pushed him away a million times, but pulled him back. I mean, people don't talk about that part. They talk about how Justin's always chasing after him and Brian's pushing him away. But you don't talk about the times where Brian is pulling Justin back to him too. So anyway, I think a lot of times people don't make um, don't make room for the fact that Justin is dealing with stuff too. Like a lot of this relationship we see from Brian's point of view, and you have to do a lot of inferring to get what's going on in Justin's head. And I just kind of wish that people would give Justin the same grace in their relationship that they give Brian, not to excuse bad behavior, but I really wish they would give him that same grace because I think you also do a disservice to Brian's character when you don't do that, when you don't say, he was wrong here. He was harsh there. (laughs) He was, he didn't, you know, he could have done a little bit more right here or whatever. So anyway, that's just kind (laughs) of where my whole defending thing comes from. But I do feel like that relationship needed, they were just at an emotionally incompatible place and kind of what they each needed at that time. The other person wasn't able to give at the time. So they either needed a very intense conversation or some kind of break unfortunately. And um, so that's what ends up happening at the end of the season. Of course, Justin goes over with, with Ethan. And um, I believe that it does produce good eventually, not Ethan, but (laughs) in their relationship with Ryan and Justin. Um, I feel like they did need a reckoning. They both did to figure out what they really wanted out of a relationship at that time. And that's something that's always evolving. You know, what you need and require in an intimate relationship in the year 2022 might be different in the year 2023 and you have to allow for that because you're changing that relationship's changing life around you is changing so at that time they needed some kind of pause to kind of figure out things and unfortunately it came to us in the package wrapped as me thing (laughs) but (laughs) but it was good to see justin in or i won't say good it was interesting to see justin in a different setup in a different environment and see how he responded to that and how at first he was like, this is great. But then he started being like, maybe this isn't so great, but I'm going to pretend it is because I uprooted a lot of my life for this. So, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. So that's how I feel about season two, Justin. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And I, and I'll just say quickly before going into the, um into the beginning of it with Justin, I, I, you know, I, I love Brian a ton and I forgive, I excuse so much crap that he does And I know what does too. I mean, I've been on Liberty Diner Dish talking about Brian for hours and hours and hours and we'll be talking about him in the next episode. And he's one of my all-time favorite characters, period. I love that character so, so much. But (laughs) I even think Brian would say, and he does, he doesn't fault Justin for what Justin is doing. And yes justin is cheating because it's outside the parameter of the relationship that they have set up but you've got to remember justin is young number one number two justin is a romantic and he's made no he's not he's never ever hidden that fact and when you've got somebody like brian who is not that and constantly rebuffs you and treats you like crap brian treats justin like crap a lot a lot he's an ass to him all the time there's only so much of that you can take especially if you're presented with somebody who on the surface seems to be everything you have always desired and so i honestly i don't fault justin at all for this relationship I feel bad for Brian and I don't I'm not forgiving I'm not excusing cheating by any means but I have never ever been angry at Justin for this relationship because it makes complete and total sense and Brian thinks that too it's I, it's not like Brian is like you know f you Justin I mean, yes, there is the whole scene. We'll get probably into that more with the Brian episode. There is the whole scene after the bowling and, you know, with the whole go take a shower, you stink. There is that scene. But overall, I think Brian knows who Justin is. He knows who he is and he knows what this is going to present. And yes, he knows how it's going to end, but he still knows that Justin has to go through that himself. So, yeah, yeah. I just, I mean, I hate the character Ethan so dang much Ethan and Dr. David are like two of probably, well and uh, Brian's parents, are like my least favorite characters on the show. But I hate Ethan and I'll get into more of that when we talk about season three, why I hate Ethan and what Ethan represents and I've known many many an Ethan in my time um, and can't stand them and <laughs> <So, laughs> knew who he was right out of the gate um, with his little goatee or whatever. Uh, and I you know and his artist shtick there. Uh, but in the beginning of this season, with dealing with the PTSD and the recovery and watching Justin go through that and and watching um, Randy's performance, too. I want to give a big shout out to his performance because he's really incredible in this. This scene where they are at Gus's birthday and he finally starts remembering because of that baseball bat. Uh, is the expressions, the little little expressions on Randy's face, tell you everything that Justin is going through? I mean, we talk about it all the time on here. Eye acting and how important that is. If you can see the character in the eyes and see what they are going through, that is a perfect performance, and that's what Randy does in that that scene. You see that fear, that recognition. Uh, Little blinks, and he and he plays PTSD in this way. I, I should have read up on this, and I don't know if anyone knows, but I would assume that Randy probably studied up on PTSD a lot because, as someone who has PTSD from several things, he plays it perfectly. So does so does Brian, but I mean, so does Gail, but he's perfect in those scenes, like the scene where he's trying to remember when he's trying to remember and they're in the parking, um, the parking garage and all of that. And how frustrated he gets and how angry he is. That anger is so important to show because when you're dealing with trauma, you're not just dealing with sorrow and sadness, you're dealing with a lot of anger. And so his anger and hurt is so amazing to watch and watching him try and come back to the Justin he was before, but he will never be that Justin. He will never be the Justin from season one because of what happened. he just won't be. And, but also trying to find that artist again and watching him struggle with that, watching him struggle with his hand, watching him basically be like, no, I'm going to give up because he's, you know, he just thinks he's useless and he can't do it anymore. And then through the help of Brian and author also through the help of, um, Lindsay and through others and his mom and Deb and everybody helping him find his way. And then I think the biggest, biggest, and you touched a little bit on this, Michelle, was rage is the biggest way for him to deal with this. It just is. He uses rage throughout the series as a way of channeling a lot of that PTSD. And that's what's so powerful and amazing about art is if you can use it that way, it can help you heal a lot. And it's one of the things that I appreciate so much about this storyline, the Rage storyline, is not only that he gets to channel that, but he gets to work on that with Michael, which is something we didn't see before. And so it gives you this different kind of thing where it's this friendship. It's this potential that they could have this great friendship. I don't think it ever gets to that point, but there's this potential there. And it's through this art and through the fact that, you know, you've got Of all the characters, you wouldn't think Michael would be the one that would actually be asking Justin about his trauma and to explore that. And Justin is so appreciative of that because when you have trauma happen, you know, or you're dealing with a lot of that or you deal with any kind of mental health stuff, people tend to walk around you, walk on eggshells around you. And I think for Justin, he just really appreciated that finally someone wasn't doing that. They were wanting to talk about it and he wanted to talk about it so badly. One thing is I just really wish they would have somehow given him a therapist. I just, I, I always wished that. Um, and I know therapy isn't the cure all and all be all kind of thing, but I really wish he would have had that. I know rage is partly therapy, but I wish he had someone to talk to that wasn't part of his circle there. And I think that would have been helpful for his character. And who knows if he might have been off screen getting that, but I still would have liked to have seen that. I I would I would think maybe down the road, if the show had continued, he would have eventually done that on his own. But yeah, I just appreciate the way they explored it. So yeah, and I won't talk too much more about anything since I already did when we started that. So but I will when we're talking about season three. So we're gonna move on to season three and first. Before I start, before I give kind of the recap here of what happens in season three to our dear Justin Sunshine Taylor, I want to just give this quote from Carla, since Carla is not on this episode, about Ethan, excuse me, about Ethan. So even though I want to say, Carla does not, Carla likes Justin, Carla hates Brian, I'm sure you probably (laughs) gathered that from the last one, and she does not like this relationship between Justin and Brian. So I was thinking when she first watched this show that she was going to actually like Ethan for some reason. She hates Ethan. So I want to say that. But she came up with this. that She wanted to say what she was on. But um, (laughs) she has decided to call Ethan Sour Soul Patch Kid. And I I think it's so perfect. So that's Ethan's nickname. So I wanted to make sure to get that out there. So season three opens and Justin is still with Ethan. And a lot of people in Justin's life are very supportive of this relationship as opposed to his relationship with Brian. So he seems happy. He's on the outs with Michael because Michael, you know, betrayed his trust. Number one, told told Brian. And number two, because uh, Michael is really pissed at Justin. So you don't know what the future of the comic is going to be. Eventually they work things out, keep working on that. And then eventually, Justin discovers that Ethan is horrible, (laughs) a pretentious asshole, and he also cheats on Justin. And so they end up breaking up, and then Justin decides he really wants Brian back, so he goes and does an internship at the ad agency. And then they end up getting back together. And then, of course, Stockwell is a big storyline throughout season three, and Brian is helping Stockwell get elected. But behind the scenes, Justin is running a little campaign, an art campaign, to try and stop Stockwell from getting elected. And then Brian ends up helping a little bit, ends up getting fired. So there's a lot going on in this season, too. So, Danelle, what are your overall thoughts on Justin's journey through season three?
2: Okay. (laughs) Season three. So... (laughs) season three, Justin, like him coming out again, out of kind of that, that PTSD period where he's still recovering, but he's now working on rage and things are looking up. He's dating Ethan. Right. And, um, as I, and again, I know I was like, but, yeah, Ethan definitely is representative, and I just have to say that, of kind of that art guy that I think a lot of us girls would have fallen, and anybody would have fallen for. Like, he was the epitome of the guy I wanted when I was Justin's age, you know, like, the romantic, soulful artist, and, you know, at least in appearance, you know, and then you find out, oh, they really are a douchebag. So, yeah, it's it's exactly the storyline, I think, of many people, um, you know, no matter... Whether you're LGBTQIA or not, it's the story that a lot of us go through. So I think Justin had to go through that relationship and kind of figure some things out, um, as I said before. Um, But again, I love the fact that Brian, the relationship between Justin and Brian, I love that Brian doesn't get, he's hurt, but he never really kind of shows it in true Brian fashion. I think he just, he lets Justin take that journey because he knows that that's the journey that Justin needs to take at the moment. And yeah, he's kind of a little bit of a jerk and resistant when Brian or when Justin starts working at the the ad agency, but ultimately he wanted him back. And you know, you see that and and Justin wanted him back after the breakup with Ethan. So um and then of course Justin's The Fighting with Michael, I I have to admit, I don't remember a ton of that, but I do remember they kind of went back and forth a few things with Rage and and kind of coming together Um, again. I think that starts the LA section, if I remember right, right, where they start talking about going to LA. That's going into season
1: four. That's season
2: four. Okay. Yeah, the setup there, I think, starts. But the Stockwell thing, um, I love the fact that Justin – stands by his values and and kind of it's something that he can get behind it's something that he can again use his energy um in more of a healing fashion from what happened you know with the the bashing And, and he gets energized and you know kind of goes into stealth mode and it's kind of fun to watch and again the fact that brian helps him towards the end and gives up something that was incredibly lucrative for him for justin you know and i I know we'll talk about this in the bright episode, but I just don't think he gets enough credit for some of that. But anyway, I love the fact that they come together at the end and he helps him and, you know, kind of trying to take down Stockwell. So I love that part.
1: Yeah. And Isha. I think
0: season three, Justin is trying to figure himself out because we talked about something you said, Aaron. He's not going to be season one Justin anymore after the bashing. That's not going to be who he is anymore. And just life is different now. And so he's trying to figure himself out and he's in this new relationship and he's like, okay, this is what I'm doing. This is what I'm doing. And he's doubling down on that. And people say Justin easily moves on from Brian. I completely disagree with that because I feel like all of the convincing that he is doing is because he has not easily moved on. Like he's telling mom, like, no, I'm not in that relationship anymore. I'm in this one. He's telling Daphne, you know, and I feel like that's more for his benefit than, than for theirs. But I also like that we got to see, even though I don't need any more, I love the, the actor. He is great as Ethan and he seems like a really nice person, but we didn't, I didn't need any more Justin and Ethan scenes, but I like that we got to see that relationship play out because You know, with Michael and Dr. David in season two, it was just kind of over the break where, oh, well, they went off together, then Michael's back and it's over. So I like that we actually got to see Justin being in this relationship and seeing him realize even before the cheating, possibly, that "Mm, maybe not all that glitters is gold. And so Ethan Gold, you see what I did there? (laughs) 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 But anyway, uh, but so I like that we got to see it play out and we got to see over time how he started to realize the things that he thought he was going to find security and assurance in in this relationship were pretty shallow in that the foundation there was not nearly what he thought it was. And um, ultimately, of course, that when it all blows up is the cheating. And people say, well, that's, you know, that was kind of a cheap way out. But I really feel like that made sense because in his relationship with Brian, they were able to have all these other people And it wasn't even an issue. But here in this one, it was like, but you, we set these different boundaries here and you stepped outside of those. And so I actually think it was an interesting thing to have the cheating be the thing that was kind of like the final straw. But that wasn't the only thing. And I think even without the cheating, Justin would have eventually got there on his own and been like, "Mm, this ain't what I thought it was. (laughs) And he'd have seen more of Ethan for who Ethan was. I think he was definitely kind of idealizing what Ethan represented. And once he got past all of that and started to see the person, he Justin's pretty smart. He would have gotten there on his own, I think. And so then we get the reunion, and I really, I don't feel like it's a rebound because I more, I more so feel like they, he and Brian were on like a pause, a necessary pause, and so he's not really rebounding. He's just hitting play again on that relationship. But I like how it, how he does kind of have to work at it a little bit. Brian's like, "All right, if we're gonna do this, you got to show me you really mean it this time." And and Brian's a little hesitant for his own reasons, which that's a different episode. But um, I like that Justin does decide, like, this is this is what worked in the beginning. <laughs> you know, with Daphne's advice, this is what worked in the beginning. So I'm going to do this again and go after him. And I love 308. I love the episodes that come immediately after that. <laughs> but 308 is always going to be in the top episodes mm-hmm. for me. Um, and then we get Vigilante Justin. And I've heard... Not many people, but I've heard a few comments about how people. some people feel like Justin kind of tramples over queer history or he doesn't respect the shoulders that he stands on. And I don't really agree with that. I feel like he continues that work. Even when he was in high school, he was trying to form the Gay Straight Student Alliance. And then he's always, I feel like, been trying to advocate for his community and be an active part of that. And so I feel like seeing him in this Stockwell movement totally made sense for his character and he's always been very respectful of Vic, too. He knows that Vic represents a generation, a couple generations before him. And so I feel like he is respectful of that. And it's not a big story arc, but I do feel like there are little nods that show that he does have some respect for that. Um, but uh, yeah, and then the other thing that I like is that Justin's convictions and his bravery and not just his like actions of bravery, but his emotional bravery, that really challenges Brian and that changes Brian. And I think that among some other things, I think that's the key reason that Brian turns from <laughs> where he's turns from being supportive of, uh, well, not, he's not supportive. I'm sorry. He turns from working for Stockwell to being like, Hmm, okay, maybe, you know, maybe Justin is right. And maybe I can't just make this all about the money and about the sponsors and me getting to New York. And so I love that the, bravery in Justin, that emotional bravery, those actions of bravery, I love how they challenge Brian and how they give us a better version of Brian. So I think that is, um, another huge contribution that Justin makes in season three.
1: Well, I've said before that season three is my least favorite season of Queers Folk, but it has nothing to do with the Brian and Justin stuff. It's all the Ted and Emmett stuff that I mentioned on uh, last week's episode. Um, even though I don't like the Ethan Justin stuff, like I said before, I think this was very necessary. I think it would have been really weird if Justin never found a, another relationship to to test out his romantic side with, really, or what he dreamed a great partner would be. And I, I, I've known so many Ethan's in my life. Um, I've known so many people who you know, Ethan is also one of those people that would like to debate with you the color of the sky for two hours just because he wants to be debated and he's a pretentious ass. And he hides behind his art and he's one of those artists that makes people that look down on artists, this is why, is because of artists like this that think their art is above everything else and better than everything else. And I agree. I don't think Justin um what's the word i'm looking for but J- justin starts not liking ethan not just because of the cheating because it actually it's before that that he starts kind of looking at him different like that veneer kind of goes away and and that's when ethan wants justin to pretend like they are not dating like they're cousins and for justin who has fought so hard Not only to come out of the closet, but he's also fighting um, because he was bashed and he's fighting for that. He's fighting for the fact that, you know, the person who bashed him never got punished because of the whole uh, homophobia and crap. So dealing with that and then being asked by somebody that you are falling in love with, because I do believe Justin was falling in love with Ethan. To go back into the closet so that his career can take off. Was just didn't sit right with Justin, and Justin didn't like that. And it it, he excused it a lot and was like, you know, to on the surface, but I think internally you saw him struggle with that constantly. And so I think the cheating was just kind of like the last straw. He's like, okay, wait, so you're going to make me go back in the closet for your career, but you're also going to cheat on me, and then you know. Like, you know, Ethan says, well, you let Brian do this all the time. And Justin's like, well, Brian never did that because Brian was always up front and I knew who Brian was. There's a big difference. I think a lot of people don't realize that that people can be in open relationships and it's not cheating because everybody knows what every uh, what everybody else is doing and what's going on. And they had very set rules. But when you're doing something like that, like what Ethan did where he was hiding that and keeping it a secret and they didn't have that kind of relationship, that's cheating. There's a big difference there. And I think people don't know that because I think we still kind of live in a world where it's like monogamy and, you know, one person, you know, just two people in a relationship. There shouldn't be other people, but not everybody lives that way or works that way. So there is a big difference there. And I think for Justin, that was like the last shatter to this dream and this veneer and this, this basic, this rom-com thing also that he had set up with, with Ethan. And this great sweeping epic romance that he was going to have, Just it just all shattered. And I think he realized pretty darn quickly this wasn't who he wanted anyway. He still wanted Brian. And that happened instantly. You know, it wasn't like something that took a while. And so you could even look at Ethan as like this rebound from Brian in this weird way. And I think that's more what Ethan was and not like the opposite. Um, And 308 is one of my absolute favorite episodes of this whole series because, and I'll talk about it more with Brian because Brian cracks me up in this episode uh, and some of the lines and Justin Justin is realizing that even though he's doing the same stuff he did before, it might not necessarily work in the same way because he's really hurt Brian. And I think that's what also what that episode is about is Justin realizing how much he really hurt Brian and then coming to terms with that. And then with Stockwell, you know, just this speaks again to who Justin is. Justin is a very, very, very brave person. And if Justin had been alive during the time um, during the 60s, during the 50s, during the 70s, during that stuff, he would have been frontline activist. That's who Justin is. That's who Justin will always be. And art is a very powerful mechanism to get your message out. And Justin knows this. I mean, rage is used for that. And so now he's using his art for that as well. And I love that Justin does this. This is perfect Justin. Justin knows he could get fired. Justin knows... Brian could get pissed at him and be like, fuck you kind of thing. But he doesn't care because he knows how important this causes and how important it is to generations before him and generations, more importantly, generations in front of him, generations to come that he has to fight for this and stand up for this. So I don't, so I really, I agree. I don't think it's ever like he doesn't know what happened before and the history of struggle. I think it's more, he is piggybacking off of that he's like continuing that fight I should say for that and um you know I love the way this even though I have issues with this season I love the way the season ends and the final scene which I'll talk more about that mainly with Brian but I, I love their last little interaction there and Justin saying you know nope you haven't lost everything I'm here kind of thing and it's very sweet and one of the most romantic scenes honestly between these two and I think it's beautiful. And I I love this season for their journey. Uh, it's the best part of it. And for Justin's journey, Justin changes a lot. I, I don't like Justin's hair. I will say that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like the longer hair. I'm sorry. It's the longer, longer, longer hair on Justin. I don't. I'm sorry. It's just that's the only thing I will say. She quits Justin. <laughs> Michelle's gonna come and defend that no (laughs) that's the one thing i will say i'm not not the biggest fan of that but other than that i i love justin's journey and i'm and i'm glad that he continues working with michael on rage because i think like i said that's one of my favorite ongoing storylines through the whole series so okay so let's move on to season four my favorite season Uh, There's a lot going on here. So season four opens, um, of course, uh, Darren. There's the bashing of Darren, um, who also is known as Chandelier. And uh, this brings up a lot of stuff for Justin that Justin hasn't completely dealt with. I was so glad they brought this back because I feel even though I like the way they handled it, I think if they had brought this back, it would have been like, you kind of just dropped that. And the fact that the trauma comes back from Justin's uh, Justin's bashing, and then, of course, at the center in that meeting, he meets uh, the lovely Cody (laughs) from the Pink Posse, and he joins the Pink Posse, getting out a lot of his anger, a lot of his rage at that that he hasn't dealt with, and then eventually he does end up confronting his attacker, which was an amazing scene. That scene is amazing, especially the way that ends. And then through that, he, you know, Cody wants him to basically kill him. That's what Cody wants him to do. And he just like, no, I'm not doing that. Walks away from that. And then the other big thing going on here, of course, is Brian's cancer and um, Brian pushing Justin away. And then it leads to my absolute favorite scene in the whole entire series. So, and I'll mention it on both episodes, and I'm not, I'm gonna mention it till my turn. And then, of course, LA is calling, Hollywood is calling, they want to make Rage the movie. And the season ends I mean, he does come back to see the end of the Liberty Ride, but the season ends with Justin going out to Hollywood and seeing that. And then, of course, Brian asks him to move back in, gives him that drawer on the beds by the bedside. And you kind of aren't sure what's gonna happen until season five. So Danelle, what are your thoughts on Justin's journey in season four? Yeah, season four is
2: really intense, I think, to me, especially for Justin's journey and the whole thing with the the Pink Posse and, and him meeting Cody Bell and, and that whole journey. There's a lot happening there. And I think, you know, the same as you, Erin, I really appreciated the fact that they didn't let they didn't just make him all better, <laughs> you know? Like seeing what happened, you know, seeing another bashing happen to Chandelier was like, wait a minute, you know, this is not over for me. This is going to bring this up. This is something that's never going to go away necessarily. You can heal from it, but it's still going to be a part of you for the rest of your life, you know, when you experience that kind of trauma. And I think it was beautifully portrayed um, and written. And and of course, Randy Harrison gets all the props for for being such a great actor. So that whole storyline um when he confronts chris oh my gosh that chills like that it's heart stopping you know on the edge of your seat because you don't really know what he's going to do in that moment you see him waver you see his pure anger and rage at what happened to him at the hands of this complete ass and you see his Fear and his hatred and his anger, and all of that combined in that moment. And with Cody edging him on, the fact that Justin had the strength to walk away and do the right thing, and this guy's not worth it. You know, he's trash. He's not worth it. And also humiliating Chris in the sense that, yeah, I'm better than you. You know, like you tried to kill me, basically, and I'm letting you live when I had the power over you was a huge statement. On Justin's behalf, and I think it really helped him heal in that moment. Not the way that it should happen, but it happened that way for him. You know, in the story, right? That's the way it happened. And I think it was also unapologetically um, typical of queer folk to be unapologetic about the rage and the anger of the bashing. And I think it was so needed because so many times the media has swept that crap under the rug and refused to show it for the hate that it is. And I can feel myself getting angry about it because I've seen it too many times. And and I knew Matthew Shepard. I met him and he was a friend that I knew. And having gone through that experience and what happened to Matthew, finally seeing, you know, the homophobia around it too that was in in the media, as well as the support that was there. So that was pretty intense for me as personally, right? To watch that and to experience what Justin was going through and, and watch that um, was, was an intense experience. So I really appreciated the writers and of course um, the acting and, and all of what went into that. And it is one of the most intense, I think, besides the, the bashing scene, there's like three or four really intense moments in the show for me. And that was one of them um, by far. Um, on a lighter note, I do love the fact that he gets to kind of have some fun with the L.A. thing, you know, seeing him and Michael kind of get so excited about the movie and experience that, you know, like who doesn't have those Hollywood dreams, <laughs> you know what I mean? And and to see this young kid, um, well, these two young people, and especially, you know, him being so young, being able to put together something that gets this attention and they're going to have this big success and, You know, again, Brian, willing again. I keep going back to it, but Brian's support and him willing to let him go, and not, you know what I mean, just unapologetic, just not being afraid to say, "Do what you need to do." That's one of the reasons why I love Brian, and that's why I always continue to support him um, because he really does, truly, 100% support Justin and everything, whether he does it the right way or not, (laughs) that's debatable. But (laughs) the fact that he stands behind him and doesn't hold him back from his dreams and ambitions in that moment, I think is is a pretty cool thing. And I always love that. It's subtle, you know? And that's when a, a tribute, again, to Gail Harold's amazing acting in the series, is that it is so subtle. You kind of almost miss it. But he does kind of, I love you, go do it. You know what I mean? There's this underlying push for him to do that. And I, I love that Justin feels that and takes it and goes with it. So... That's one of the, I think that's one of the parts of that season that I like too. It's just a lot of fun. And of course, you know, the Hollywood BS too is, you know, the whole thing that happens out there, but it's fun. It's fun to watch that. Oh, did you have any thoughts though on the, on the cancer? Oh, yes. Um, Thank you for reminding me about that. So yeah, that's, that is a heartbreaking part of that season too, seeing Brian, Put himself through that alone and refusing to ask for help, you kind of want to slap him a little bit and be like, "Will you just ask for help once? Get some therapy." Like that, <laughs> you mentioned it earlier, it's like you just want Brian to get some therapy because he's got all the good parts there. He just needs a little help. <laughs> but yeah, I it's heartbreaking to see him put himself through that, you know, and not tell anybody and not allow himself, not love himself enough to ask for the help and be supported by his friends. So it is a, it's, but it's very typical of the character. So, and, and of course, Justin finding out and the reaction and all of that too. And
1: um, yeah. And Ishel.
0: Um. So with the Pink Posse arc, I know that is not a fan favorite story arc, but I actually like the story arc. You know, we get from Justin's bashing, from Chandelier's bashing, from, dumpster boy and then there are a lot of references made to there's a whole lot even when they are it was in season three but when they are doing that when they interrupt Stockwell's thing at the GLC and they're holding up posters for all of these people these people who are in the queer community who have been killed or attacked or whatever and nothing is being done by these government officials by these police officers nothing is being done and how true is that story I mean it is heartbreakingly true and so maybe the clothing and the hairstyles are out of date, but nothing else about this show is out of date, which is a great thing and a horrible thing, a sad thing at the same time. But in to be to belong to a community, be it as a as a woman, as a minority, as a queer person, whatever, to belong to a community that has been so under attack, so oppressed. And you just got to deal with it because nobody is coming to your defense. I totally understand that community saying we're going to defend ourselves. I totally understand that. Now, Cody goes a little unhinged, (laughs) but where that comes from, I absolutely understand that. And I love what it spotlights, the pink posse arc. And we talked a little bit about on our show, like why they even call it the pink posse and all that kind of stuff. But I think what it, what it's dealing with is how much will you take before you fight back? And when you do fight Mm -hmm. back, how far will you go? And Justin got to the point to where he had so much anger, but also so much fear inside of him that he needed an outlet for it. And then what we had to realize as this played out was how far was he going to go with that, especially when you're being egged on by someone. And he was truly listening and kind of following Cody a lot, but then Justin's going to be Justin and he's like I'm not a murderer. <laughs> you know, like I've got this anger, I got this aggression and I've got this other stuff. But he got what he wanted from that. You know, he got kind of the closure that he wanted from that. And a lot of people don't, don't like to see that from our sweet little sunshine Justin, but this is almost also very much a part of this character as well to where he is about justice and he felt like this was the way he had to get it. So, I can't fault him for for that. So I'm actually glad that they included the pink posse arc in there. Um, I love Justin in the cancer arc. (laughs) I love Brian in it too. And I'll save that for the Brian episode, but I love him in that story arc. I think that scene when he just everything about it, but that scene when he is, when he brings Brian home from the club because he pretends he has a stomach ache and they're lying in bed and he's holding him so tightly and he's kissing him so sweetly because he is terrified and he knows He's not going to tell me what's wrong. I don't know what's wrong, but I know something's going on. And the only thing that he can offer in that moment is to just hold him and like to brace both of them for whatever is coming. I love that he goes back after Brian pushes him out and is like, no, (laughs) like this is what love means. I'm going to be here and I already know you're imperfect. And he is all, I love that we start seeing this shift. And even in this episode, you can see this shift where Brian, Brian's always struggled to believe in his own worth and value and his own um, I guess ability to be loved or um, to deserve love. And so he doesn't trust that about himself, but he trusts it when it comes from Justin. And so I love that Justin takes that, that opportunity in um, season four to tell him, I know you're not perfect, but I'm still going to be here. And I'm going to take care of you. And we're going to get through this together. And I also love that he, um, something that he says when Brian is supposed to be getting on the flight to go to um, Ibiza when he says do whatever you need to do but I love you and I'll be here when you come back because I think that that sets a tone for a lot of things in their relationship too so I love everything about him and how he handles the uh, the cancer even when Brian's done with his treatment and he's trying to get back to normal and Justin's like let's try this crazy tea I don't know (laughs) he's willing to try anything to help Brian feel like himself again and that At first he's worried about him with doing the Liberty ride, but then he sees, okay, Brian needs this. And even if I don't agree with his decision, I know that he needs it. Okay. So I'm going to be his partner and I'm going to ride beside him in this. I'm going to come motivate him at the, (laughs) at the the cycling studio at two in the morning or whatever time it is. And he is just going to be there for him. And so I love the way that he handles the whole um, cancer arc and with Hollywood, I mean, Justin is maybe 20 at this point, so why shouldn't he go off and do this when it's offered to him? I mean, he just got back into school um, after the bet with Brian, but here's this opportunity to make a living with his art and something that is so personal to him, a story that's so true for him. So why shouldn't he go and do this? And I like that Brian, he goes with with Brian's blessing. In fact, Brian kind of lies to him to get him to go the first time. But um I feel like this was the right thing for him to do. This was presented and it makes sense to me for him to take this opportunity that, that comes, um, you know, that's, that's handed out to him. So I love that. And then I like that we get to see that he's invited to move back in and then we kind of don't know what happens. But I like the decision that he ultimately makes because I feel like these two men are always going to be individuals. Even in this, cu- in this couple, they care more about you being the best version of yourself. And you doing what's best for you and what's right for you. That doesn't mean I love you any less and that I care less about our relationship. But I want you to be the best the best version of you. So I like that they presented both of those things. Hey, come to Hollywood or move into the loft at the same time.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Like I said, this is my favorite season. And, you know, this is all the storylines with Justin are part of the reason Um, I think the Pink Posse storyline is a very necessary storyline. Honestly, you know, you can be pushed and pushed only so far before you start fighting back. And while Cody goes way overboard, um, his anger is, like, beyond. I still understand this. I understand what the the nature of the beast. I understand why the Pink Posse is around. I understand. I mean, there are groups not necessarily maybe like that, but there are groups like that within activism where it's not just passive, it's more active. And, you know, I mean, right now the trans community is, is in such danger, such danger. Their lives are constantly in danger um, right now. So this is not something that's like gone away. And this was just in the early two thousands. It's something that still exists. So, when you have that and when, you're, when you've are when you been dealing with this for so long and decades and decades and been, being treated like you are not worthy of having the same rights and the same life as everybody else, it makes sense that eventually some people will go to this side to that will be like, well, I'm just going to be violent. I'm going to patrol the streets. I'm going to call you out. I'm not going to hide. I'm going to make you afraid of me and not the opposite. And that makes sense. And it makes sense that Justin would be drawn to that because number one, Justin has just dealt with having to deal with another bashing of someone that he does know. They're not necessarily close, close friends, but they do know each other. He's been told by the person who was bashed, well, what did you do? What did you do? What did you do when you were attacked? like, basically, the, this is something I think that Justin's been dealing with internally that we haven't seen up until this point a little bit beside a little bit in rage, but we haven't seen him actually express it. The fact that, yeah, he, he didn't in his mind, he didn't do anything after Chris Hobbs basically got off with just a slap on the wrist. And he hasn't dealt with a lot of the anger from that. And I think that's where this is coming from. So then if you put Cody into there, that's like perfect timing for him to go there. And I love that storyline. I'm not saying I love it because I like Cody because I don't or that I like watching Justin go through that. But I think it was a necessary thing for Justin to go through. And it was very necessary for Justin to be able to have that moment of confronting Chris Hobbs that scene is so incredibly powerful and watching him just be like this is what I go through every day this little bit of fear that you're feeling right now that you think I'm going to kill you this is what I go through every day that's in the back of my head even if I'm not consciously thinking it I'm subconsciously thinking it and I love that scene and then what I really love about that scene is how he walks away from Cody And that's taking power. That's taking control. That's taking control of his life too. And being like, okay, I've, this is something I needed to do. Now I moved past it. I'm not where you are, Cody. Hopefully someday you'll get some help because, oh boy, do you need some help? Um, And I love that there's no music and he just walks away and you hear Cody yelling and calling him names and screaming at him and everything like that. It's I I get chills right now just thinking about it because I think it's so beautifully and perfectly done and watching the power in Justin's face and the way Randy Harrison plays that is perfect. So I don't fault this storyline at all. I think it's a necessary storyline and it's a necessary arc and it's a necessary thing for Justin to go through as part of his healing process because he's still healing and he's continuing to heal through the whole series and beyond. Um, Yeah. And then with dealing with Brian's cancer, um, I'll get more to Brian's reaction because I do think Brian is an asshole in a lot of this. I do. I'm not going to let him off the hook, but Justin's reaction is pure, comes from a pure, pure place of love and fear. And he so, um, respects Brian's decision not to tell him. That's another thing is even though he wants so badly to be like hey i heard that phone call please open up to me but he knows who brian is and he knows that has to be done by uh by sorry by brian has to do that in his own time but at the same time justin also has gotten to this place in his relationship with brian where he's no longer like letting brian off the hook and the scene in episode nine of season four with them when Justin's making him soup and Brian comes in there and tries to kick him out again is my absolute favorite scene in the whole series. It's my absolute favorite Brian and Justin scene because this is when you see the actual growth in this relationship because – Justin is like, "No, I know that you you are not the greatest person. I know you I know who you are, but I'm here anyway and I'm going to stay here anyway and maybe sh- um I should leave, but I'm not going to because I love you and we're in a relationship and this is what I'm going to do and you're going to fucking lay there and you're going to let me fucking take care of you." And it's this very it's very it's all out of love, but it's this very beautiful scene, and I'll talk more about Brian's side of that, but I love that scene. And uh, today I watched that episode and you know, I've seen these episodes so many times, but I watched that episode again because it's one of my favorite and I love that scene so dang much. And I think that is when you really see these two are on equal ground. And this is the first, this is when you first see it is in that episode, honestly. Um, so I think that I just, it's, Absolutely a beautiful, beautiful scene. And then with L.A., uh, with Hollywood calling, I like that storyline too. It makes sense. And then we'll get into more of that, of course, in season five and what actually happens with there. But I like that Justin gets to do that. And Justin does that because Justin is in a place in his life and in his relationship with Brian where he feels comfortable leaving. And like that doesn't mean the relationship will necessarily end. I know there's more struggle with that in season five. He's at. They're at a good place. Uh, Like I said in that episode nine, that's the start of that. And I think um, Justin going to Hollywood is a good thing for him. And, you know, because honestly, the first thing you would think would happen to this character would be New York because he's an artist and you just kind of think that. But the Hollywood thing is an interesting thing to put in there because, you know, they've made a comic book. So there might be somebody, you know – you know, wanting to make that into a movie and being able to push the boundaries there. So I I like that. And I think it's a really nice little thing for Justin as well. And I like that, you know, Brian is always supportive of that because that's just who Brian is, is he doesn't think anyone should give up anything for him. And um, yeah, so I, I like that. And I like the way it ends too, where it's kind of a cliffhanger, but it's kind of not in a way. Um, But they are at a very, I like that it ends where they're at a very, very good place, just like season three does too. So, okay. So we have made it to season five. And of course, there's a lot going on here too. So Justin, we open up, and Justin is in LA in Hollywood. He's working on doing storyboarding and they're going to make Rage into a film. And then that all falls apart because of the industry and homophobia and all that crap. And then so he goes back stays with Brian for a little bit, and then sees what Michael and Ben have and realizes that's what he wants. And Brian and Justin break up again. And then they end up getting back together after there is the bombing at Babylon. Brian says, I love you, finally. And then Brian does propose to Justin. Justin first is like, no. And then he buys that country manor, proposes to him. They're engaged to be married. And then in the end, they end up breaking up because, speaking of New York, Justin is getting all this attention and New York wants him the art world wants his art and he ends up going out there because he's not going to change for Brian Brian doesn't want him to change and he's seeing Brian change for him he doesn't want that which you should not do that anyway so what are your thoughts on how Justin's storyline in season five and how it all ended um so season five Justin again all the growth from him
2: from season one and of course he's he's so young so you expect to see some growth but with Justin I think he has one of the the biggest arcs of growth you know in the series and coming from that young 17 year old you know hitting hitting Liberty Avenue (laughs) and checking it out to being in this relationship with Brian and, you know, going to Hollywood and, and, you know, surviving a bashing and all the things that he goes through um, going into season five and, you know, and then the whole breakup with, uh, you know, in LA and, and coming back and then realizing that's what he wants, as you said. And, you know, Brian loves him so much. He's willing, even if it isn't what, who Brian really is, he's willing to give him that. And them coming together and settling, but realizing it's just not right. Um, it's heartbreaking to watch. But seeing Justin come into his own and seeing the art world call him and seeing him on the cusp of this success and living out his dream is really truly really, really beautiful to watch. You know, and he had this amazing group of people behind him, you know, like all the characters behind him, supporting him, loving him, everybody, you know, um, Ted and Emmett and, you know, Lindsay and Mel and, and Michael, even Michael, you know, who resisted him for so long and Debbie and Vic and all the other characters. And of course, Brian, who's always 100% there um, for him, you know which uh, we'll talk about the Brian episode. I'll say it again. He just does not get enough credit for it. Brian is the one who will sacrifice anything and everything for Justin. And nobody really gives him credit for that. He's literally willing to sacrifice everything for, for him. And, you know, even if it means him losing him, you know, like he does at the end of the episode when he tells, you know, they break up and he goes to me, you know, we assume he's going on to New York. So yeah. I, it's a it's a perfect ending, but it's heartbreaking. I know you and I talk about it. We we still ship them, and we still want them together at some point. Um, but the reality is, Michelle is does too. <laughs> you do too, <laughs> Michelle. All right, yay. Um, the reality is, you know, in my mind, I give it like you know five, ten years. You know, Brian's in his early forties, and you know, or whatever, and and he's had some. Justin's had some success. And then they get together or something. I don't know. In my mind, it, it takes a few years, but maybe they come back together. I don't know. I'll just I'll just live that fantasy of my brain because that makes me happy. Um, but the reality is, he, you know, Justin Brian was the platform for which Justin was able to launch himself. And I think he was the safe place for Justin to do so, to find himself, to go through all the things he had to go through and coming into his own. And I think Justin really represents a lot of the young kids in the community who they're coming out stories, what they go through, what witness, you know, and I, I think he's a really great arc for that and a great representation, you know, because it isn't over. I mean, here we are recording on the anniversary of Pulse, you know, so it is, it hasn't gone away, the hate and, and the, like, just the pure hate that's still there. And so, for Justin to go through what he goes through, I think it's a perfect representation for the young community to see um, and even look up to, even though the show is older now, you know, it's been around for a while. I think it's still a great representation of, of what's gone on. Okay, so, Ishel. All
0: right, so I'm not done watching season five, so this is gonna be brief. <laughs> but uh, I think in season five, we find Justin once again saying, Now what do I do with my life or what next? And he's doing that in all areas. He's doing that with his career and he's doing that with his relationship too. And it feels like a whole lot happens real fast. Like he's out in LA and then he comes back because of the political climate at the time. He comes back and then he comes back and he's hit with the political climate all over again with the Prop 14 deal. And in all of that, he is, what am I doing with my life? What am I doing with everything that I'm connected to in my life and everything that I'm investing energy in? And one of the things of course is going to come up for consideration and discussion is his relationship and Brian's not really ready to have that conversation at the at the beginning of the episode and where we are we're only on like 506 right now. Um so that is the stuff that I can speak to. The other things that I kind of know what comes up but I don't fully <laughs> um, recall it all. Uh, but I will just say that um I love the path that this season puts Justin on because he is young still and he does have a lot of life ahead of him and he's got a lot of options ahead of him too I don't interpret the anything about the last part of the season definitely the last episode the way that (laughs) that Aaron does and that's okay because you can interpret this however you want to and I'm not one of those people who My mind doesn't change based on what someone else says. And I know Erin's not the kind of person who her mind doesn't change based on what I say. I do have some insider information on (laughs) (laughs) this that I'll have to like work back through from some very fortunate conversations that I've gotten to have. But uh, but again, even though that is in there, you can still interpret the show however you want to interpret it, whatever works for you. And so I kind of do like that they gave you that where it's like, If you want to see it this way, fine, see it this way. If you want to see it this way, that's fine too. So yeah, until I see the rest of it, that's really kind of all I can say about season five because I'll just be making up stuff from a very fuzzy and spotty memory. Um, But I do love the journey of his growth. I am so grateful to Randy Harrison, who everybody has issues with. I mean, even Peter Page talks about you know some of the things that he didn't necessarily love having to do with Emmett's character. So everybody has that as an actor. I know there were some things that Gail wanted to do with Brian that he didn't get to do. That's a normal thing. But I love that no matter personal opinions, he gave us this character for five seasons. And so I'm ever grateful to, to Randy for that. Randy is not Justin. So I don't expect when Justin gives his comments, that's not Justin giving his comments. That's Randy giving his comments. But I fully respect those. I think Randy's in, an incredible human being. But yeah, so I, yeah, have a different interpretation of season five that I need a couple more episodes. I need to watch a couple more episodes to put it all together. But um, I'm so grateful for this journey and for the five seasons that we got with this character. They did some great stuff with him that wasn't all just kind of light and fluffy, annoying bratty teenager. They really gave us a lot, um, I think, and they really did a lot of justice so grateful for this character love his journey and I love what they set him up for to go off and do in life
1: yeah and um the big thing that Ishel is hinting at there with me (laughs) is that I don't think Brian and Justin ever get back together again ever and even though I love Brian and Justin and I ship them and I will always ship them this is my favorite ship I'm fine with that I just don't think logically it makes sense to be quite honest because I think for Justin, I think Justin would get to a point where he would be beyond that and he probably would meet somebody in New York. And I don't even know if Brian would want to get back together with Justin. So I don't see them getting back together again. I am glad though that that Justin finally got to hear Brian say the words, I love you. I think that was very important. I think Justin knew Brian loved him, but I think it's important to hear those words. And we'll talk more about where Brian was coming from at that point in time, because I know A big, I know, big criticisms of that character are the fact that he always needs people to push him to do things, and so a lot of that was that you know coming from a place of feeling like he might have lost Justin and that kind of stuff. But Justin being in LA, I, I, I like that stuff. I sadly, the sad reality is, even today, having a um, queer superhero. It's not something that Hollywood is going to readily embrace. I mean, even today, a lot of the stuff you see is more queer coded instead of just outright. Um, there will, There is some. I'm not saying there isn't some because that's changed a little bit, but it's still hard to do. And there's still a lot of criticism whenever that happens, sadly. Um, so there's still a long way to go with that. So even though I don't like that it happened, it's very representative of Hollywood and what Hollywood was like and there's already you know they're struggling with the big you know with with the proposition to ban gay marriage and adoption all this stuff and that's a real thing that sadly we are probably still going to be fighting here again so it makes sense sadly that this project wouldn't have gotten off the ground and i have to say i also think a lot of the characters in here that are the hollywood people are so representative of a lot of what Hollywood is and a lot of that industry is and a lot of fakeness. And these characters on the surface seemed really willing to fight tooth and nail, but they really aren't when it comes down to it. It's a lot about money and it's a business. Hollywood is a business. So, you know, they see dollar signs and they think they're not going to make money with this or they're going to alienate too many people. So that's how, unfortunately, that that industry works. So I thought it was a good representation and a good accurate representation. This may sound weird, but I think this is this is my favorite Brian and Justin breakup and the reason I say that is even though Brian has a that one reaction we'll get to in in the next episode. I think this is actually the healthiest breakup they have because it's pretty much Justin is not wanting to change Brian and Brian I think Brian verges on the on wanting to change Justin a little bit, I will say. But I'll save that for the next episode. But they're kind of at this place where Justin is accepting who Brian is. But Justin is realizing this is not what he wants anymore. And he's changing. And he sees what Michael and Ben have. And that's what he ideally – that's what he's wanted since season one. This is who Justin is. And so when they break up, I don't think it's from a place of anger or – you know, like jealousy or hatred or anything like that. I think, and this is from Justin's side. I'm talking solely on Justin's side. I think for Justin, it's this realization. He comes to this point of realization that he's probably not going to get what he wants from Brian and he can keep wishing for it his whole life, but it's not going to happen. And so I think it's a very healthy breakup. Justin uh, is never really cruel in that. And, and he even wants to be his friend the times that they see each other before they get back together is great. And I also love that um, Justin does not readily take Brian back. I think that was very, very important because Justin knows that Brian is coming from this place of trauma and he's not necessarily coming from a place where he knows that this is real. And then when he takes him out to the country banner, I know people have very, very mixed feelings on this proposal. Uh, We'll get more into it with the Brian episode But I do like that he doesn't instantly accept this proposal. He doesn't instantly accept this, Brian, because this is so not Brian. And so I like that he realizes that, and I I liked that, and I liked that in the end he leaves. And And I'm sorry for my fellow Brian and Justin shippers, but I like that he leaves because it's important. It's important that he leaves. It's important that he goes and pursues his dreams. Unlike certain shows of Friends where they have the character give up their dreams to go and be with somebody, I don't think you should do that because then you will end up regretting that person. That's my opinion. You know, I don't like seeing that where you give up your life, what makes you happy In order to make somebody else happy, I don't think you should do that. Honestly, that's not a healthy relationship. That's not going to make for a relationship that's going to last. And both Brian and Justin know that Justin's art is very important to him. It's a big part of his soul. It's the reason he has survived, honestly. It's the reason he survived his bashing. It's the reason he has become who he is. And so for him to – if he would have given up this opportunity – In New York, that would have been awful and horrible. So I'm so glad. I do still ship them. I do. I just am so glad that he left because I think it was the perfect thing for Justin. And I think Justin probably thrived and everything like that. And he did it. Like Brian said, he became the best homosexual he possibly could become, as Brian says. And I think that's exactly what happened. So I like the way it left. So, okay. So I don't know if this time my uh, Danelle and Michelle are playing Six Degrees of Finn, Whitrock with Randy Harrison. Danelle, Achelle.
2: I got nothing on this one.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Achelle only got one step. (laughs) Okay. Well, Aaron A., who was supposed to be on here, she did send me her six degrees of Finn went rock. And it's actually the same exact one I used and I didn't do a backup one stupidly. So we're just going to do this one. This will be the six degrees and I'm just going to word it from her message here. So let me just pull that up here. One second here. So this is the six degrees of Finn from Randy. So Randy was in a couple episodes of Mr. Robot, which we will be covering later this year, by the way. Um, and in Mr. Robot uh, was, is one B.D. Wong, who was also in American Horror Story Season 8, Apocalypse. And, of course, Finn Wintrock has been in a bunch of American Horror Story episodes. And as <laughs> Aaron A. says, I have to read this part, which, of course, our Finn is arguably the best part of American Horror Story. <laughs> Uh, he is our vice unofficial mascot. If you do not know this already, listeners, this is our vice unofficial mascot. I say unofficial because until he verifies that it's okay, <laughs> I keep saying that because Jen, my podcast brain twin, likes to tease me about that. But he is so. Once again, um, and also I wanted to point out, uh, he was also it. bd Wong was also in the normal heart. Uh, which Finn was also in and um, a heartbreaking storyline there. And But um, go listen to that episode. That's one of my all-time favorite episodes we've ever done. It's actually my favorite episode we've ever done. So go listen to that one as well. Uh, but just a reminder that we do have the listener version of Six Degrees of Finn Whitrock. Just click the link in the show notes or head on over to our website click the page that is literally titled 6 degrees of fin and you can play along with the june one and you can get tons of connections you only have to do one actor for the queer's book one you don't have to do the ones that all the ones that we've been doing but listening to these episodes you've got one of those down and so that you we just need to find the connection to orange is the new black the movie moonlight and then also Brokeback mountain once again a hint one of these movies only one degree away so head on over there it's free to enter and you might win some merchandise we just randomly pick a winner at the end of the month so you have until June 30th to get those entries in and then sorry the first week of July is when I will pick the winner for that this is an ongoing segment and also once again we do have a song written Carla has written a song for this segment and she's gonna sing it we just need the music so if anyone wants to help us with that you'll get credit. Uh, we'll send you some merch, um, you know, hit us up, slide into our DMs and let us know if you would like to help out with that. Okay. So we're going to go ahead and wrap up this wonderful episode. And thank you to Ishelle and Danelle for being on here with me and being on all of these. We've got one more episode to go, but thank you so much. So Danelle, if you want to tell everybody where they can find you?
2: All right. And thank you, Erin, for always, as always, for having me join. I love coming on here with you guys and talking about Queer as Folk. (laughs) So um, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram as Draven Pearl.
1: Awesome. And Ishelle, where can they find Liberty Diner Dish, the Queer as Folk podcast?
0: You can find us wherever you stream your podcasts. If for some reason you can't find us in one of those places, email us at libertydinerdish at gmail.com. And let us know. We'll get added to it. Uh, and then you can find our social media handles at Liberty Diner Dish, except for Twitter where we are at Diner Dish. Awesome. Thank you.
1: And this is Erin. You can follow me on Twitter at E.AprilBeauty. The E and the A and the B are capitalized. Be sure to like the show on Facebook at facebook.com slash it's a fandom thing pod. On Twitter, at Fandom Thing Pod. No, it's in that one. On Instagram, at It's a Fandom Thing Pod. On TikTok, at It's a Fandom Thing Pod. If you would like to be a potential interview guest, any of the actors on this show, Randy, I would love to sit down with you. Any of you, feel free to head on over to our website, It's it'safandomthingpod.com. Hit the Contact Us button, and that'll shoot us an email, and we'll be in touch about potentially scheduling an interview, or you can contact us directly at it's a fandom thing pod at gmail.com. And on our next episode, we are wrapping up our queers folk character deep dives with a discussion of Brian sex on legs. Kinney. Yes. Someday I will trademark that because I love it because listeners now use it. I have listeners comment. They always call them, call him that. So I love that people refer to Brian as this because Yes, I'm glad I started a trend there. So until next time, remember, it's a fandom thing. Black Lives Matter and Stop Asian Hate.